This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, it's Suze McLeod here with the Village Church Q&A podcast. Today, Pastor Michael, my question for you is, do I attend a gay wedding? Well, it's a loaded question for sure. Oh, yeah. So my guess is that people are listening to this for multiple reasons. One, it's clickbait. Um, Number two is you legitimately have a friend, a best friend, a son, a daughter, a grandson, granddaughter, and uh, the cultural pressure on you is just mounting. More and more now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what's at stake in in this singular event. What's at stake is relationship. Mm -hmm. What's at stake is friendship. What's Mm -hmm. at stake is family unity. Mm -hmm. So it's one of these things that we have to very much count the cost and root ourselves in scripture thoroughly. Yes. So that being said, I, I have found as I engage Christians on this matter, um, they kind of, when they begin thinking about this, are all over the board. Yeah. And the more the thought uh, discussion happens, the more they engage uh, pastors and the Word of God. I find that actually most Christians who would disagree with uh, gay marriage as a principle um, inevitably land in the place where they are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and decide not to go to the gay wedding. Mm. As a lot of people are processing this, they mm-hmm. will attend a gay wedding before they've really even thought about all of the implications and really process through a lot of this. Right. So are you going to tell us some of these implications? So let's lay some foundations first. Okay. And then we can talk about some of the processes that people go through. Okay. So one of the ways that I like to help people understand the difference between conservative and progressive is by helping them understand their understanding of the Bible. So if if you are conservative, whether it's political or whether it is uh, theological, Mm -hmm. the very nature of conservative is that you believe in authority that doesn't change. Mm. So, for example, if you listen to conservative politicians, they're like, oh, the Constitution, the Constitution. Yes, that's true. Right. So, like, you root yourself in a document and... Like the Constitution has editing power, if you will. It it has the ability to shift and change, but it's really, really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the nature of things. So to be conservative is to root yourself in a document or set of ideas that are not changing and they apply cross-culturally. Yes. So that is a really important aspect. When people tell me that they're a conservative Christian, but they're like liberal. I'm like, I really want to know what they mean by that. Usually mm-hmm. they're just assigning themselves with some political ideologies, but mm-hmm. progressive on the other hand, roots itself less in a historical document as the foundation and roots itself more in culture. I was going to say that's cultural. Right. Yeah. So the progressive is progressing as culture changes, as mm-hmm. the ethos changes, mm-hmm. their views and ideas change. So like a good illustration of this is gay marriage. So it's kind of unmistakable that if you pick up the Bible and you read it, the Bible is not affirming of gay marriage. You right. can't find it anywhere. It's just not there. Ephesians 5.22 says marriage is a covenant between one man and one woman. That's why people don't go to the Bible itself mm-hmm. to justify gay marriage because you can't find it there. Yep. And that's not a bash. That's just a fact, right? Mm-hmm. So. What the progressive ideology allows you to do is to say, okay, um, the Bible um, shows the heart of God, and that's about it. Yep. And it shows you snapshots in time of how that heart was applied. I've heard this. Um, but really, the greatest attribute is love. And so, therefore, we can really take these 
really very core things. God's not about man and a woman. That's just their application of it. He's about love. Yes. Love is love. Love is whatever love is. We love love. Mm-hmm. They'll say, well, all right, well, the cultural winds identify love like this. So therefore it's okay, even though it contradicts what right. is propositionally written. And so authority for the progressive is more rooted in culture, where authority for the conservative is more rooted in documentation. That's like right. a fundamental I've, difference. I've heard this idea that it's as long as it's monogamous, because that's what God promotes, right. monogamy, then it's okay. Right. And so as monogamy becomes less and less culturally relevant, now it's polygamy and then it become pedophilia. Those aren't scare tactics, mm-hmm. by the way, from conservatives. Those no. are historically yep. in progressive contexts over the last three, 4,000 years. Yep. That is where morality ends up landing. So it's Absolutely. not a scare attack. It's a real no. historical evidential mm-hmm. thing. So when we talk about gay marriage, mm-hmm. when you have a conservative, and again, get, get out of your brain, Donald Trump, right? Get all, yeah. all that out of your brain. We're just oh, talking yeah. We're about not somebody talking about, whose yeah. theology yep. is rooted in a historical context, mm-hmm. and it applies the same way for the most part everywhere throughout history and throughout cultures and contexts. Mm-hmm. When you open up the Bible and they're like, well, the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin, then here's what they're going to do. They're going to say, it's a sin always and everywhere. Uh, lying is a sin. Well, lying is a sin always and everywhere. Well, the progressive doesn't say that as much. Right now, they'll say lying is a sin because in the cultural ethos, lying is a sin. Right. But if the culture changes, mm-hmm. then the very nature of the progressives is that they shift and change. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a chapel back in the day with a group of, at a Christian school, and I, I gave each side, conservatives and progressives, a big warning. And I just mm-hmm. said, here's my warning to you. My warning for the progressives is that what you call evil now will inevitably be called good later. Mm-hmm. And just understand that your your cultural moral framework is evolving. You said this when you taught First Peter. Yep. You said the fears that you have right now, you even talked about the fears that our parents had 20 years ago. Oh yeah, they're real now. They're happening right now Absolutely. in our school system, public school, what they're yeah. teaching. It touches on what you're saying. Right. And this is really a clash of, yes, conservatives and progressives mm-hmm. of does what is right change Mm. with the context, or is what is right permanent and authoritative no matter what. Now, I'm hyper-simplifying a very complicated discussion, but at its core, for most people on a pop level, this is what they're dealing with. Yep. So when we look at the issue of, of, of gay marriage, if you're on the conservative side of things, okay, which we are a conservative church in this way, we root ourselves in the unchanging word of God. Mm, amen. And so that has huge implications. Now, the scriptures, they were not written with any level of concern. Like, for example, when when God gave the law to the Israelites, he wasn't concerned what the Canaanites thought about it. Mm-hmm. It was true always and everywhere. And it was actually true for the Canaanites, whether they believed it or not, they were going to be held by the standards of God's word. And so the Israelites consistently found themselves in this issue, which is our morality yes. isn't just different. Yep. It's actually by nature condemning. Yeah. And, and therein is some of this tension. And so how do you love people from a different moral framework yeah. when the very essence of your moral framework is condemning? So let's play this out. Let's get to process. If the Bible teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and that's it, mm-hmm. well, the conservatives are going to root themselves in that and say, well, that's what it is is. Mm-hmm. Again, the progressive is going to say, no, marriage is about monogamy and love. They're actually rooting themselves in different places, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. And so they are disagreeing. In fact, the mm-hmm. progressives are looking at the conservatives and saying, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And the conservatives are looking at the progressives and saying, 
you're wrong. They're both yep. holding two moralities mm -hmm. that are by nature condemning at the other person's position. Mm -hmm. So you have to, I think, first of all, understand if you're going to be a conservative Christian and process this question, mm -hmm. you have to understand what the Bible does and doesn't say. And the Bible's clear. And again, there's just not a lot of debate on no, that. No, there isn't. There's not. So number one is that. Number two is what is the nature of marriage? Mm -hmm. So marriage is sacred to God. This is an interesting insight here. When you look at the times in the New Testament and uh, the epistles where the biggest threats happen, it seems to be around marriage and sexuality. First Thessalonians mm -hmm. 4, 3 says, um, uh, let there be, uh, this is the will of God for your life, that there's no sexual immorality be found among mm -hmm. you. It calls the person who causes their brother or sister to stumble. What is the word? It's the Lord is the avenger. Avenger. Yeah. The sexual relationship outside mm -hmm. of the bounds of marriage, outside of God's bounds of marriage. Mm -hmm. He calls it transgressing. And then God says, I will avenge. It's powerful words. And it says, in not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that right. no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because yep. the Lord is the avenger, avenger in all these things. Right. The point in saying that is some of the most emotional things that God gets upset about are going to be sexuality. Like in 1 Corinthians 6, he basically says, all other sin is different than sexual yes. sin. I remember you preaching would, on this. Right. I'd never heard that. Right. It's almost like Paul is, is saying, I would almost rather you struggle with anything else other than this because this sin is, I know this isn't like a popular thing to say. People say all sin is equal. And I'm like, no, they're yes. not. Yeah. Yes, all sins damn you to hell for sure. Christians, anybody, it doesn't matter. All sin is sin. Didn't you use the language, it's a sin against the soul? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I did, but Paul, he takes... Sexual immorality. This is heterosexual immorality. Anything. I was, I'm not even isolating as you're talking. This. I'm thinking about the Rahab's it's, daughters and right. any of this like defilement against children. Yeah, anything that God has created that is designed to reflect the gospel and the nature of God. God has infused those things with unique power: mm -hmm. marriage, mm -hmm. sexuality, mm -hmm. parenting, mm -hmm. the family. Yep, they are infused with unbelievable power mm -hmm. and God gets the most angry when those things are messed with mm. and sad and hurt and all the other emotions that God feels. So like, yeah. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm picking on heterosexuals. I'm picking on everybody. Totally. Adultery, just like God's like, oh, you're taking what is so sacred to him. Yep. And we all understand this. When we think about our lives, okay, like, all right, you bumped my car, mm. but you hit my kid. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to throw down. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay, yeah. you made fun of my clothes. Yeah. You made fun of my wife. Right. We're going to throw down. Mm -hmm. And then in Hebrews, it says the wedding bed, it's undefiled. God is a, he basically yes. judges those who defile the, the wedding. You know, the marriage bed. I remember bed, that one. You. The marriage bed is undefiled. Right. This is true. When I see a woman hurt because of sexual sin in her marriage, I always think of that verse, the marriage bed is undefiled. undefiled and I think, yeah. This is why it hurts so bad because yep. God wants this sacred space yep. in your home. Yeah. So I think when you're processing this, number one is understanding as a conservative that your ideas are rooted differently than a progressive. And, mm -hmm. and again, that's just understanding the nature of it. Yep. Understanding number two, the importance of God on marriage. Yep. Understanding that it's deeply important to him. Mm. Any deviations from that tend to provoke him in scripture. So just understanding it's of high value to him. Yeah. And so then we ask the question. As a conservative Christian, do I attend a gay wedding? Mm. This is why this is complicated. It's why it takes people oh, a long I time know. to process yeah. the weight of it as a conservative. And then I'll go through the progressive processing as well. Yeah. Is my participation in a ceremony the same as affirmation 
and celebration. If I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. can I go to a gay wedding and mourn, but not with my face, but be there? Ah, that's weird. This is weird. You know what I mean? So what you have to understand, I would say on the ground, that your presence is affirmation. Yep. I think you got to get into the heart of the individuals you're attending their wedding. Right. They want you there yep. because they want a Christian's affirmation. Part of that, yeah. Some of it's family. Some of it's affirmation. Some of it is a test. Some of it is, I just love you. You're in my life and I want you to be a part of the most significant part of my life. But the person who's getting married, uh, the homosexual who's getting married, isn't trying to do something no, terrible. No, no, Yeah. Like they love this person and they mm-hmm. want you to be there to celebrate mm-hmm. what is happening in their life. Mm-hmm. But as a conservative Christian, you're like, my moral code doesn't allow this. Now, here's mm-hmm. the another level of quandary that people are going through mm-hmm. is my conviction on the rightness and wrongness of this thing mm-hmm. worth ruining the relationship. So like high compassion Christians, yeah, like every Christian leans towards grace and truth, right? Mm-hmm. We like have one leaning to the other. Mm-hmm. The high truth people are like, ah, it's wrong. But the high yeah. compassion people are like, oh, but the relationship, you know? Right. They know I think it's wrong, but I'm still going to go to be a friend. And I think somehow we have to really get some good counsel mm-hmm. on how we say, no, we can't. This is what I've been thinking all along. We need counsel on how to have the conversation. Right. But every conversation is different because every relationship is different. Mm-hmm. All I know is I don't know how I can communicate to them that I love them unconditionally. Mm. I've got friends who have different sin issues in their life. Some of them think it's wrong and some don't. I just love them. Mm. My love for them isn't contingent on their conformity to my morality. Non-Christian friends who make a lot of sinful choices and I don't hate them. I don't even judge them. Yeah, I love them. I want yeah. the best for them. My friendship with them isn't contingent on them conforming to my moral code. And somehow I just want to communicate love and not violate my conscience. Yes. And so how you say no to that, I do believe that the conservative Christian inevitably is going to get to the answer of no as they process through all of it. Should I go to it? No. If you're a progressive Christian, then the answer is, well, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. Love is love. You know, you right. got to figure out what is the bottom line of God's value. Is it monogamy? Is it mm-hmm. just love? Mm-hmm. Wherever you draw the line, the minimal requirement for, for it to be considered marriage, is it promise? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it, you're touching on something too. The progressive has a line. Every progressive it's has a line. It's just a different, yeah. they've landed on a different line. Yeah, progressivism demands your line to go lower and lower and lower. That's the nature of it. And so if you're a progressive, like it's kind of a silly question. Of course I go, love is love. I want to celebrate love because yeah. for most progressives right now, monogamy and love are, or at least sexual committedness yeah. and love. Right now it's monogamy, but inevitably it'll be just committedness and love are going to be like the highest progressive virtues probably within 10 years. Right now love is, monogamy is, but again, monogamy is being kind of dismantled mm. before our eyes. And that's understandable. Like yeah. that's not a surprise. That's yeah. it's happened before. It's This is what happens in the progressive framework. Yep. So if you're a progressive Christian, then the answer is going to be, well, of course, love is love. I celebrate love. Yeah. They're faithful to each other. God loves love. For me being a conservative Christian, I'm rooted in God's word. My conscience doesn't allow me because to go would be to celebrate something that that God's word says is yeah. sin. Can I just say for everybody listening, I think you got to, even in, if you know you're a progressive or, or a conservative, put your put the titles aside. Decide what you believe about what God says in his word. Yep. And there's followings, right? We know some famous Christian leaders that are on both sides. Yep. Don't align yourself with a person. Nope. Get into the word of God and decide what you believe about what God says about marriage and stick to it. Yep. So 
you make me think in the next podcast, we need to discuss another component of this. And that is, should Christians attend a non-Christian's wedding? Thank you.